What is going on, everybody? Welcome on into the first round fantasy podcast. I'm your host this evening, Jacob Bartley, and I'm joined by my co-host Justin Morsaz. What's up, man? Good, 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 man. Just hanging in there. I can't believe we're already at week eleven. The season's flying by, dude. I'm not ready for it to be over. I know. I was I was thinking about it and like it's going by so fast and it's week eleven, but I forgot. Like I keep, I kept thinking that our season goes along with the real NFL season. I didn't realize how close. Like we only have like three regular season matchups left, or four, depending on uh, your if you set the playoffs in week fifteen or uh, or week fourteen. So that's just crazy to me. We have like four, including this week, we have four regular season matchups left, and then we go to fantasy playoffs. Isn't that crazy? I know it's too soon, man. It's too soon. I wish. Uh, I wish there was more drafts, there was more games, there was I more know. season, but hey, I'll, I'll take what I can get, though. It's too soon, and I'm like, I, you know, I, I always think I have a chance to make the playoffs until I'm mathematically eliminated, and I'm and now I'm like, wait a minute, I I can't do that in four weeks. Like, I'd have to win out, basically, and, you know, get a, get a bunch of points. It's possible. It's Dude, definitely possible. I'm not joking. This is the year to do it. Do not give up on your league, because... Yeah. You know how many people I talk to, like uh, almost everybody, and it goes for our leagues too. Everyone's having medium years, and then they look mm-hmm. at the overall ro- schedule and teams' rankings, and everyone's six and four, six and four, five and five, five and five, four and six. So it's like two straight weeks can get you from mid to the top real quick. So hang in there. I'm sure your league is like ours. So uh, yeah, it's not over till no, it's I, over. Like I, I agree with you, and I I'm a I always support never giving up until you're mathematically eliminated, basically. Yeah, like one of our leagues, I just looked. I'm first place at six and four. The tenth place is four and six. It's nuts. Yeah, that could. Ch- and I'm looking at the same league, so it's the real. It's our real league, and it's a three keeper league, full PPR, all that. But that's the league I was referring to that I might not have a chance. But now that I'm looking at it, the sixth seed, which is the last playoff spot, is five and five. I'm four and six. And I have more points than I have over a hundred more points than the six seed. So it's I'm not, not even out of it. Oh, yeah. I thought it was out. That's like uh, my worst league this year. So I'm a, uh, you must be that, doing pretty good. good if that's know. your worst league. You've well, been on fire I, this year, I gave shout outs to you with Gabe. I, on the show, you know. I heard uh, with my uh, picks recently. So you've been, on fire. Was, you've been doing yeah. your homework. I can tell. I have, and uh, I missed last week. I was going to say, it feels like I haven't podcasted in so long about fantasy, but it's, I wasn't on last week. So, that's why it feels so long ago. But yeah, I I don't feel as good about my picks this week, but maybe I rushed in choosing Dude, them, but we'll see. It's the we'll most random random year I've ever been a part of. It's not no It joke. really it isn't it really like even last year with all the like we were really in the covid stuff last year and it felt more controlled. Like this year is so crazy all over the place. And it has nothing to do with that. It's literally just teams are using more running backs. Different wide yeah. receivers aren't popping off. Some quarterbacks that are lost hurt receiver. It's so weird. Uh, it's fantastic. yeah. I just meant like last year. If there was gonna be a weird season, it would have been last year, you know. But this season's even crazier. Just I think yeah, last year insane. prepped us not having Saquon or CMC really. So it's like, eh. but yeah, yeah, yeah that's but, true. Hey, CMC looks like he's back. <laughs> Cross our fingers and hope, I hope he stays so. healthy. I, I, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Um, so, Justin, uh, we, we're getting to the thick of it, and one thing that is happening is trade deadlines. A lot of our 
trade deadlines for most of our leagues are tomorrow or later this week. And we play in Yahoo. So I think the standard Yahoo trade deadline is November 18th, which is tomorrow. I didn't even think about that. I, maybe I need to make some moves right after we're done with this podcast. But um, I wanted to focus on a couple things here. One, just trading in general. Do you, does the trade let deadline like persuade you to make more trades or do you look around more? Do you get more aggressive during trade deadline? Me, myself, no, but it's kind of different because not, you know, I talked to some buddies that are a little less, less like hardcore than us. They're only thinking their needs for the moment. We're thinking every day, every hour. So it's like, that's true. I'm always trying to make moves the week. The deadline just means that I can't try anymore, but I will try to make, if I have a glaring hole, I will try to make it, but I'm not going to sacrifice to get there. I'm just going to stand pat on my on my tried and true methods of getting the player I need. Yeah, I, I typically agree. I mean, it it does make me take like a a one one more ch- uh, look at all the teams and who needs what and what I can do if I need to. But I when we first started playing fantasy football and you know first couple years, first four or five years. I feel like our leagues were so trade happy. Like we would meet up and hang out just to d- negotiate trades and make them happen. And it's weird as we've played fantasy longer and longer, it seems like we're less, the leagues overall have become less trade happy. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, we play in too many leagues and it's not as, you know, as exciting or what the case is, but it's interesting. I think, I think you play with people long enough. They know your tendencies if you beat them in a trade years past, they're bitter about it. So it just becomes harder and harder as people get smarter and people have a track record with one another. I think that is a great point because uh, there are certain people that uh, in our leagues that people avoid trading with. Just at, even if it's a, even if you come at them with a fair offer, <laughs> even if you come at them with a fair offer, they're just like, "I'm not trading with you," or it's. I, I do think like talks get stalled or never take place in the first place because a lot of people and not just you justin a lot of people do this they'll just say hey this guy on the block and i'm like okay that's fine to do you can do that but you also have to be like pursue trades more a little bit more aggressively right and i'm sure you do behind the scenes you you don't try to trade with me because we end up getting nowhere most of the time we made a trade this year again dude. we did we have we've made a few trades but what i'm saying is like i think people are just you know, you got to be like, you got to actually approach someone like, hey, I see you need a tight end. Like, I really need a wide receiver. We should work this trade out. You got to be specific and actually seek out that trade partner. And instead of just like, hey, this guy's on the block or trade me Saquon or whatever the case is, you know, you got to, I feel like, especially when it gets closer to the trade deadline, you're trying to make something happen. I recommend approaching that manager via text, phone call, whatever the case is. Be specific. Maybe not show your whole hand but you know be specific and gabe gabe uh chimes in here what's up gabe this is turning into an intervention for justin and i wasn't specifically talking about you justin there's there's people avoid trading with me too in a lot of the leagues as well um uh... and, and i will say uh also i wanted to ask you something else uh and then i have a couple hypothetical trade scenarios for you here um one is Really quick for dynasty and dynasty and keeper leagues, I almost combined the two words. Dynasty, um, dynasty and keeper leagues. If you are a team who's 
basically, let's say you're like me in that one league where you're four and six and you have a chance to make the playoffs, whatever the case, do you recommend a team like that, you know, tanking and trading their solid pieces for young players or picks, or do you, do you go for it? I'm in the boat of if you have an opportunity to win, you win. Everyone wants the jackpot yeah. at the end. Everyone wants the W, the, the, the bragging rights. But if you're really out of it, sell. There's no point. I mean, you, you can hold mediocre players, hope it changes the next year. But as you see, like in Keeper and Dynasty, Jamar Chase changes seasons. Justin Jefferson changes seasons. So Najee Harris changes seasons. So if you can sell and get those picks and land a rookie or two that are, are winners, that you go from zero to hero. And that's the honest truth. Like Najee has been great. Chase has been great. Assume you sold out last year and got two top five picks and you grabbed both of them. You're probably winning winning a lot of games this year. So you really have to analyze. But if I'm not going for 100 and the chip, then I'm selling out. That's my motto. Yeah, definitely. And I think it it depends, right? It's in a three keeper league. I feel like you should just go for it because your your roster, you're probably going to likely have uh, three keepers and all that. But in a dynasty league, I think it's something to consider because you can definitely, you know, when you trade for that first round pick and then you have it come, come the next draft season, you are, you know, that first round draft pick is going to make a huge impact on your dynasty team. And maybe not so much your keeper leagues because you get to draft redraft most of your team after that you know yeah yeah definitely dynasty the picks are so meaningful yeah and i think in certain situations you can do both right uh, it depends on the situation right like uh in our main dynasty league i i felt like i was out of it earlier in the season and because i had a losing record i was by the seeding at that time if the playoffs playoffs had started at this time i would have been out of it but what i did was and this is kind of a, a, a needs move, right? I, it's a super flex league. I traded Justin Jefferson and a second round pick for Jalen Waddle and Trevor Lawrence. Now, my quarterbacks, I didn't really have a second quarterback. I have Trey Lance and I have Deshaun Watson and then I have Lamar Jackson. So Trey Lance wasn't playing. Deshaun Watson wasn't playing. I needed a second quarterback. So I downgraded wide receiver from Jefferson to Waddle, but I like what I'm seeing from Waddle. So I'm okay with that. I lose a second round pick. I get Trevor Lawrence who could be a 10 to 15 year starter in the league. Right. So now I have CMC back and I won and now I'm five and five and I can still compete with my roster, even though I made a future move, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad trade uh, getting a quarterback like that. We have high hopes for him. So yeah, if it works out, that was an awesome trade, but we know what Justin Jefferson's going to be in. We have to see what that second round pick turns into. Yeah, you never know. It. I mean, every trade is a gamble. I think, and I'm guilty of this too. I'm guilty of being too hesitant on trading because I'm so worried about the outcome. Try not to worry too much about the outcome. Every every trade is going to go, you know, it, you win some, you lose some, basically. Imagine if you made that trade when I was selling A.J. Brown and Keenan for a little bit cheapness, you know? And now <laughs> look, hey, yeah, you know, week by week, it hurts to make the trades, but... When we look back, we got to be a little bit more open. That's for sure. That's a good point. Uh, so Gabe has a question for us. And speaking of Gabe, that trade was with Gabe earlier this season. Uh, so Gabe says, with an additional week added to the season, do you think the deadline should be extended one week? Yeah, sure. I mean, I that makes sense. I don't have a problem with it, but I also don't mind holding it. Like I, 
basically by this point in the season, I'm personally content with my rosters. If I was desperate for a move, like getting a quarterback, I, I would have already made the move. So one week doesn't make too big of a difference for me, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think it should just get extended just because trading is good for the league. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, and at the same time, the playoffs get extended too. So, like, we usually start the playoffs in week 14. Now we're starting in week 15. So it gives you – you have more time for the playoffs as well. So it makes sense to move the trade deadline back. All right, so I jotted down a couple of players, Justin, that I wanted your opinion on possible trading. So – Antonio Gibson has been one of the biggest disappointments in fantasy football this year. Uh, you, a lot of people took him in the second round, end of the first, whatever the case is, uh, banking on him being an RB1. He has not been that. But he had a good game against the Bucks last week. He put up about 20 fantasy points, depending on your scoring, got in the end zone. If you Are you trading away... Antonio Gibson coming off this big game or are you holding him? And then if you're, are, or are you trading for him if you don't have him? It's so, it's so variable because I was thinking like, what would I do with him if I had him? But uh, his track record's been spotty. He's coming off a great game. What are you going to trade him for? Running back is already scarce. So are you going to trade laterally? Uh, maybe a more consistent running back. Who would that be? If you're using him to trade up, like package him with a wide receiver to get up to like consistent top 10 finishers, then all day, every day. I All I know is I'm not buying him. So I would sell or hold, but I'm not buying. That's where I stand with Gibson. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It depends on what the manager is asking, because I think if a manager comes to you now, well, first of all, the trade deadline is coming up, but also the... um they're trying to sell high, right? Because he just had a good game against the bucks, which we like, no, but first of all, no matter who he was playing, he was being benched in most leagues. I started him in one league because I had no other choice. I, I lost uh Derek Henry in that league and I have Antonio Gibson. So I've, that's my crap luck in that league and ended up working out for me. But I think if a manager comes to you now, they're definitely trying to sell high, but just keep in mind, maybe he's not a 20 point a week guy, but I don't think he's going to be, as disappointing as he has been, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a little, a little like we said, when they win, it, he gets some points. When they lose, they got a panic and McKissick gets the passing. It, it's just the weird team. I, 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 if it's cheap, I'll, I'll take a shot at him. But I don't know anyone who's going to sell a running back at this point for cheap. That's a very good point. Um, all right, a couple other pair of running backs. So I'm very curious on this. And we're just talking regular redraft. So this season... If you have so Aaron Jones is possibly going to be out for one to two weeks. If you have Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon, or you're interested in one of those players, do you feel strongly about trading away or acquiring either of those players? Uh, yeah, this is the strategy. Rule number one: If you had Aaron Jones, you should have had Dillon. Okay, we we know the handcuff. Yeah. Life. Number two: If you have Aaron Jones, you wish you had Dillon. Maybe the Dylan's coming to trade for you. If you're the Dylan owner, you take as much as you can selling this guy away because it, he really only holds value long term for the Jones holders. So if I had him as my fifth running back that was just never playing and just waiting for the lottery that we always spoke, spoke about, this is the time to cash in because in two weeks when Jones comes back, 
his value is diminished greatly and you're gonna say dang i i loved him for the first two weeks but now i wish i had something to show for it come playoffs so you sell immediately to the jones owner and get as much as you can other than that i i'm not I would like both of them on my team, but I'd only trade if I can get both of them given the situation. Yeah, that makes sense because it's not like Aaron Jones is out for the year or a super long time. He's as far as we never know how these situations go. We've heard, oh, they announce one week and then one week turns into four weeks. You know, you never know how it's going to go. But again, how could you pay a lot for AJ Dillon if you don't have Aaron Jones? That just wouldn't make sense, right? But Let's say you're the Aaron Jones owner. How much are you willing to pay for AJ Dillon if you don't have him? I'm willing to pay a mid-tier wide receiver probably if I'm desperate because we we consistently spoke about it the past six weeks. It feels like running backs are thin. So if I can sure, you know, we can find nice wide receivers that are coming up. Elijah Moore showing up a little bit more. Ayuk's coming back. It's given us a little bit depth but running back is scarce. So I can't trade a starting running back to get my handcuff, but I can give you a wide receiver. And I I, maybe like Hollywood Brown, maybe something lower, but none of the top tier guys by any means would I trade for a two-week loaner. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think you mentioned it that if you had A.J. Dillon, he's just been sitting on your bench this whole time. So if you can cash in on some solid pieces right now, and you're just adding those solid pieces to your lineup for sure. Definitely. Ooh, somebody here. We'll get to these questions. We got a couple of viewer questions here, uh, or comments and questions. So Gio Ramos checks in. Hey, Gio, how's it going, man? So Gio Ramos says, what's Cam Newton's value as long as CMC is healthy? Mm, that's a good question, Gio. That's a very good question. Uh, none. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I, oh, I don't man. know. At this point of the year, we kind of see who's who, what's what. Mac Jones has come up to be worthy. You know what I mean? So how far am I, is my league holding quarterbacks where I still haven't been able to sure one up? And if I have to take a flyer on Cam Newton, uh, I must be really desperate. I, I get what his question is because CMC just gets you yards after catch. He gets you those short pass for touchdowns and that translates to quarterback points. But we saw Cam Newton in his last year. We saw him in New England, and it's just like he's not there. He got beat out by a rookie. He got let go by a rookie after game one, was it? Uh, I don't – I think they just brought him back for – Yeah, before the season even started, he was let go. Oh, was he? Okay, so yeah. he, got, he got shown that he wasn't going to start based off training camp. That's right. Mm. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know. If you have a bench spot, you can hold him. There's no way – no way I'm starting him this week. But – if you have a spot, hold him, and maybe he's going to be better overall than a Tannehill, maybe? I don't know. Not even. And those are so, French top 12. And, you know, typically every answer that we uh, give is talking about either uh, 10-team leagues or possibly 12-team leagues and redraft. So in that scenario, I, I agree with Justin. I don't think you. there's probably at least 10 guys you're definitely starting over uh, Cam Newton, probably even 12. What about in a super flex league? Cause I know, I kind of know why Gio is asking this question. We play in a super flex league together. He picked up Cam Newton. He's trying to sell him. Uh, what, like, how are you feeling about him in your super flex league? Because we all, you know, if you're lucky, you have two studs at quarterback, right? But not all of us have that. Maybe you're juggling 
a Mac Jones and a Cam Newton or uh, another, a Trevor Lawrence and a Cam Newton would, or a Jimmy Garoppolo and a Cam Newton. How do you feel about him compared to these other QB twos? So I just went down the list and in a 12 man Superflex, 24 QBs are slotted. The 25th is Jared Goff. I would definitely start Cam Newton just for the sake of CMC, as he said, yeah. over Goff. Trevor Lawrence, maybe. Mayfield, depending on how he, he's been bad. Garoppolo is probably, I would start Garoppolo, Jones, uh, Mac Jones, Daniel Jones, Bridgewater, Heineke. I'd all start over him. So if you're a bottom barreler in that super flex, then I would take a fly. But I can name you 20 quarterbacks I'd rather start than him. Yeah, no, I agree. You probably have a better option, but he's not useless in a super flex. I'll tell you that. He's definitely he's definitely usable. And Ronnie Daniel, I don't think we've had you here before. Uh, welcome to the show. Ronnie Daniel says, haha, I just offered Judy and Beckham for Dylan. Hey, if I have Aaron Jones, I'll send Judy and Beckham for Dylan all day. I, I would yeah, do that, that. That's the try to, type of trade I'm talking about that right there hopefully he takes it hoping the upside for judy yeah it's nice if that team needs uh wide receivers that's not bad for them either and i do think beckham's gonna have better days on the rams to be honest with woods out for the season they barely um, rent yeah for sure for sure um all right let's get into um some of our favorite waiver wire pickups of this past week now we know waivers have processed in most leagues uh but some formats uh go into wednesday as well and even so a lot of times throughout the year we've been talking we've been talking about guys that are still on the waiver wire after waivers process for the most part and uh, we got a couple names here that that we wrote down obviously you know it was just announced that damien harris is a full is good to go and he's gonna play but it doesn't matter Ramondre stevenson uh before waivers process he was at 33 percent i don't care if D- Ramondre stevenson after last week's performance putting up around 30 fantasy points. He is one of those premier handcuffs at the very least. Maybe we've seen Patriots. uh, They like to use more than one back. Maybe he even has flex value with Damian Harris on the field. But uh, I really love Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's a must roster. Justin, do you agree with that? Yeah, he's dynamite, man. And uh, I, I liked him as an undercover, but he just never had the opportunity. And Damian Harris is coming back, but... I like him moving forward, and he's uh, he's definitely a hold. There's definitely a spot on my bench for him, so that should be picked up. That's a low 33%. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, do you have a favorite waiver wire pickup of the week? Maybe one we have listed or somebody else? Yeah, you had mine, but he's he's moving up as we spoke about him. And uh, Elijah Moore, the dude has yeah. found a rhythm for a flex play. I know he was your undercover rookie wide receiver coming into the past four weeks. He's 10-plus points PPR. No less than six targets. Uh, I read that Flacco starting, and I'm trying to think. He found his groove when Wilson went out and Mike White came in. How's it going to be with Flacco? I don't think it's going to hurt him that much. I think that team is bad. I think they'll have to throw. They have two easy competitions with Miami and Houston coming up. Flacco's not a young buck. He knows how to play. I, I like him, and I don't mind flexing him as my second flex if I have to. So he's my number one pickup if it counts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some other notable names, uh, Deontay Foreman's looking like he's getting a lot of work in Tennessee. So you might want to check him out. He, he might be available on the waiver wire. Uh, Wayne Gallman for the Atlanta Falcons. Once uh, Cordell Patterson went down, he got some pretty good work. So you might want to 
take a look at Wayne Gallman. Justin already mentioned Elijah Moore. Now, this one's difficult. Rashad Bateman, he's rostered in 55% of leagues. Uh, look, he hasn't blown up yet, but he's con- since he's played, since week six, six targets, six targets, eight targets, eight targets, and he's just gone up from six, 11, 10, 14 fantasy points, right? But for me, it's the eye test. I watched that game, Thursday night game last week. This man is a baller. He Lamar Jackson was chucking it up. And he was fully covered, and he was finding a way to come down with the ball, Rashad Bateman. And I just love the way he plays. And maybe he hasn't done enough to be rostered in 95% of leagues and be on everybody's roster in even eight-team leagues. But I'm telling you, you got to add this man to your bench if he's still available. He's not available in any leagues that we play in. Uh, That's for sure. But if Rashad Bateman is available in your league, grab him. I think he's going to be a very, very solid contributor for fantasy managers for the rest of the season. Like he, I, he obviously he's a great hold, hold and keeper in dynasty leagues. But even this year, I think he's going to help teams this year. Honestly, yeah. And you know, uh, uh, one that comes to mind, and he kind of is like baby Bateman to me, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown. And the reason I like I love both of Amon them, Ra. they they. Bateman more so than Raw, but Bateman passes the eye test, but Raw also does. The thing I love about both of them is they get high targets. Uh, six to eight, roughly, is their average, and they haven't found the end zone. So if they were to find the end zone, what would that do? That would bolster their points. It would have caused them to get picked up a week or two prior. It wouldn't be the undercover waiver wire pick that it is today. So, you know, we play statistics, we play odds next coming weeks maybe one maybe two touchdowns all of a sudden they turn into a sneaky super flex play that wins you a week and those two players i love flexing because uh look what they did with jacoby myers for the past eight weeks they tried feeding him a touchdown he finally got his by the way last week right so congrats to that guy he finally Mm -hmm. got his touchdown and now i want these two to get their touchdowns so that that's why a good good call on the bateman and amon is another another sneaky pick six percent is what he's rostered at right now Jeez. Yeah, and I, this is the time of year where those type of guys start emerging, you know, because they're finally figuring it out and becoming a big part of their offenses. So, so definitely check them out. A couple other notable names: Latavius Murray was injured for a while. A lot of people dropped him. I checked today; he was at twenty nine percent in Yahoo leagues. And when he comes back, he's the man in Baltimore. The way they were using him, he he's their starter, quote unquote, because. You know, they don't have much else going. And they cut Le'Veon Bell. They needed a roster spot. So Bell's gone. You still have uh, Devontae Freeman and Tyson Williams there. But I think when he comes back, I think Latavius Murray is going to be the most valuable running back on that squad. Yeah, no running back is sexy on that roster. But, Not a, you no, know, it's so thin. We got to play him. I, I like that pickup. I, I was watching his progress. I, I don't know how it's going to be if he plays this week. He splits with Devontae. Does he get the majority? Does he get the goal line? But... Yeah, he should be picked up just because running back lacks depth. Absolutely, yeah. That that's the whole point here. And I will say, I, I'm personally not doing it, but if you want to take a peek at add Robbie Anderson to the end of your bench, maybe he has a resurgence with Cab Newton. He finally did something, but I personally, I don't care. I'm done with Robbie Anderson <laughs> like for it's... this season. But you, if you really need a desperate flex wide receiver, you never know. Like the whole. The whole dynamic of the offense can change with a different quarterback coming in. So we'll see. Because Cam didn't really play last week. Like, he didn't start last week. He just came in for some series. But 
Yeah, the dude gets a lot of targets, but that I don't know. Like that team just fell off instantly. Yeah, outside of CMC, it's it's yeah. you can't even really trust DJ more recently that that much no, to be honest. You know, I was thinking who's who's fell off more is no pun intended, by the way. Is that DJ Moore or is that Mike Williams? Um, I mean, dude, Mike Williams yeah, went from tough. top three to like bottom 80. The dude has done nothing for a while now. Like, I guess we can segue into that. Is it panic mode for Mike Williams owner? We go back to trading. Do you still think you can trade to sell him for something? Do you buy him for something? Or I I don't have any shares in him, so I'm not tripping that much. But I know a lot of people were loving him early on. But you know, it's funny because this is a different type of scenario. Like we always talk about all oh, the disappointments like Antonio Gibson, right? Or, you know, guys that catch on later. This guy started so hot, on number two, right behind Cooper Cup, almost keeping up with him. And it's like everybody felt like, oh, I got a wide receiver one, top five wide receiver for the whole entire rest of the season. And like he's been healthy as far as I know. So it's just interesting to me. I, I think he's always been boom or bust. And this was the most consistent we saw him to start this season. And I think he's just going back to boom or bust. I think he's he's talented enough to be that guy. But I don't know. I like I think he's a hold either way because and I know you didn't ask whether to trade for him or not. But I think if you sell him, you're getting him. You're giving him away for too cheap. And I think if you trade for him you're paying too much based on what he did earlier in the season yeah i don't know what you can trade him for like maybe someone still believes and you can go rip him off but i would try to at least fish for a sell uh would you trade mike mike williams to get michael pittman i'd rather have pittman exactly honest, maybe you been, can pull something way like more consistent off. would you trade williams for Thielen to get Thielen? Ooh, that's that's interesting. They're pretty close. Yeah. My point is, close. my point is, if you're a Williams owner, I think it's worth trying to trade to someone to get into the top 15 wide receivers based off his early year performance. And that's what's funny. Like you would never think about trading him for Pittman or Thielen in a million years, like week two, right? Like you would never do that. But it's just crazy to show. Like we go through phases during the season where, like, for the first quarter of the season, this is what was happening. And then the next quarter of the season, this is what was happening. And it changes so much. Dude, that's crazy. That's football, man. That's that's yeah. fantasy football. Yeah. We got a viewer question if you want to pop it up. I think it's relevant to the terms of trading for. Yes. So uh, if we're talking about Pollard here. So Ronnie Daniel asked thoughts on Pollard. So if you mean thoughts on him as a player, he's awesome. He's amazing. So, But as thoughts as his status for this year and maybe trading for him. Well, just like AJ Dillon, if you had Zeke, you should have already had Tony Pollard on your roster. I know that's not the easiest thing to say because maybe the, the Pollard manager wasn't willing to let him go for what you're willing to pay, but either you draft Pollard or you find a way to get him on your roster. That's kind of how I operate. I would have found a way. If you couldn't do that, it's tough. I mean, at this point, if I had Zeke, um, I would try to get Pollard on my roster before the trade deadline because once Zeke's out and maybe running back death sucks, you know, so I would trade like my bench, like my best bench player for Tony Pollard at, at least, maybe even more. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, 
Tony Pollard is the man. And you know what I love about him? You know, we always talk about it like stealing people's lottery tickets. Yeah. And last year, there were some standalone slash lottery tickets like Jamal Williams, Tony Pollard, Madison, a little, not so much. But the thing I like about him over Edmonds, over Williams and McKissick is that if this guy gets free, he is big enough, strong enough and good enough to be a starting running back. So that's like, to me, he's the number one lottery ticket you can have. And uh, I want him on my team. I'll, I I can consider even flexing him come forward, but not not quite. But he's a must own. He shouldn't be on anyone's waiver wire. If you're Zeke, you said it all. You need to get him. He's one of those guys that like, let's say you got a bunch of bye weeks that week. You don't you don't feel bad at all throwing him in your last last flex spot if you have to, like at this point, mm. which is kind of cool. And I mean, it doesn't really hurt Zeke that much either. Would you rather start him or Latavius Murray? This week, I'd rather start Pollard. Just Why? Because Latavius Murray is coming off the injury, and we don't know how many touches he's going to get. Like, we know Tony Pollard's role, and I think mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's at least going to get you 10 fantasy points. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. It's just, I, I think Murray could be a little rusty coming off coming off his injury. All righty. Well, there we go. All right. So we're going to move on to our dark horses for week 11. And that is basically our uh, our dart throws of the week, guys, that we think you should be starting and you might be on the fence about starting. But before we do that, we're going to talk about last week's dark horses. And this is picks from Justin and Gabe. And I was looking at your guys' picks. So uh, Gabe went with Jerry Judy for the 18th time this year. I don't know how that's possible uh jerry jody had an okay game i wouldn't call it a bust but if if we're saying this guy is gonna blow up on your on your bench or he's gonna blow up in your lineup then maybe it was a miss uh he had an okay game uh, nothing that you know that blew your mind but it was okay and i would say the same thing about uh ryan Tannehill. he didn't have a blow up game or anything like that but i would call these both probably pushes in my you know opinion. what's interesting this this week was i was looking when i was verifying if it was bust it was hit go look at the the performers for week 10 qbs Tannehill finished pretty high and that's not saying anything good like he finished top 10 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 on the dot so this was a very low week for quarterbacks i guess if you compare it to the rest of the qb field it's a hit right But no, it, he didn't blow up. It's a bust. I just wanted people to know that this was a very odd week for quarterbacks. Yeah. Except Mahomes. My boy blew up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not not too many. Oh, your boy, because the guy that you traded for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I guess you traded James Conner for him. So. Hey, wait, well, relax, man. And Edmonds, dude. Damn. Yeah, we don't I need to get into that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The trade that I could not put my stamp of approval on, but... That's neither here like, nor there. <laughs> it looks like it was pretty fair overall, right? Mm, we'll see. We'll see yeah, if Connor can can keep it up. Um, all right. So let's get into our picks this week. And I've talked about this man all year on the waiver wire, and I'm finally choosing him for my dark horse for week 11, and that is Hunter Renfro. I am becoming a fan of this man, and I'm a 49ers fan, so I'm supposed to hate the Raiders, right? I don't hate the Raiders, but I – love hunter renfro i even have one of my teams named after him he's been so solid other than week six he's been he's giving you 10 fantasy points 
every single week at least. And you can't even say that about some of the top guys. He's giving you at least 10 fantasy points every single week other than week six. The last two weeks in full PPR, he's giving you 17.9 and 17.6. Look at his targets basically all year have been definitely above five, but out of like his last, you know, uh, six matchups, he's gotten at, at other than one week, he's gotten at least eight targets, nine targets the last two week, two weeks. We know what happened with rugs rugs is out of town. Not that they were directly competing for targets, but it, it does change the way you operate in the offense. I he's always been solid all year. And I think this game against the Bengals is going to be a shootout and they're going to need Hunter Renfro. So I'm going with the man. He is killing it. And this guy, he needs more love. There's a, so I work out of school and there's elementary school kids there. This one kid always talks to me about the Raiders every week. He's like, Oh, they lost this week. They won this week. And he knows, he knows who Josh Jacobs is. He knows who Darren Waller is. And I'm like, and one day I asked him, I was like, do you know who Hunter Renfro is? And he's like, who? I was like, Hunter Renfro. And he's like, no. And I was like, dude, he's a really good wide receiver on your favorite team. Like, you got to know about who he is. So this man needs that. Las Vegas, they need to market him more or something. He's a beast. Love I him. Hate, I hate to put the stereotype on it, but it took a couple years to get around Wes Welker and a couple years around Julian Edelman. Yeah. And it's going to take this year to get around Hunter Renfro. But as you say this, I just shake my head in disappointment because – Remember, we talked about it week two, week three, and I hate playing with Raiders fans because every wide receiver from the Raiders was rostered. Even like and, their fifth string wide receiver. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, Redfro is my guy, and I'm wishing him. I, I wish I had him on a couple teams right now. Awesome pick. Awesome. Love him. He's great. He's he's not going to be undrafted after this year. I'll tell you that. No, I, I, I 100% agree. Like to, For a guy to get you like 10, 11, 12 fantasy points at least every single week and then – the potential to go for 20 every week. Uh, yeah. That's a guy you got to have in your roster and you're pretty much starting unless you have a better option. Um, all right, Justin, who is your dark horse for week 11? My boy. I spoke about him earlier. Amon Ross St. Brown, similar to the reasons we spoke about Bateman. The dude hasn't found the end zone. He's seeing a lot of targets. Uh, they almost won against Pittsburgh, but it didn't happen. No one won. They were both losers. No one ties. And then they play the Cleveland Browns. I, I'm, I don't like Cleveland. They haven't been doing hot at all. I think this is the week he gets in the end zone. And unlike when I said Jacoby's going to get in the end zone, he will actually do it this week. <laughs> Book it down. There and, we go. <laughs> and he's going to be 15 plus. I, I just like him. I think every every time these rookies start off slow, their quarterbacks get to know them a little bit more. The second half of the season is where they usually come on. And I'm hoping to see that out of uh, the Lions and Brown against Cleveland. He's gotten, and look, we know Jared Goff doesn't throw it that much uh, on this team. And ever since week four, I'm on Ross St. Brown, eight targets, eight targets, seven targets, five targets, six targets. That's very promising. And if, and if he can just hit a couple big plays on those, maybe get in the end zone a couple times. Yeah. I've liked him all year. It took him a while to get going, but. That's a good pick, man. And I, I like, I've watched him play a couple games too, and he's good. He plays very well. Yeah. If you're, if you're missing Cooper cup or something off the short buys, then this is, this might have to be a fill in as your last flex. So, yeah. You know, uh, when we did our uh, dynasty draft earlier this summer, I, 
I was eyeing him. Like he I had a few guys that I was like, I want to get on my team. And you drafted Amon Ross St. Brown. And I was so mad because I, I really like that guy. And I noticed you haven't dropped him all year. So you you believe in him. No, I refuse to drop him. I've been keeping in track of him. And I know I have more and Brown in that league. So I know you're a little sour about both those boys, but I'm being I'm happy <laughs> for next. My team's looking spicy next year, but we'll talk about that. In hey, you're time. even competing this year, so we'll see. Know, we'll see. Um, all right, let's get into our fool's gold. Again, we're going to recap your guys' choices for last week. So Gabe went with Jordan Howard, who had eight fantasy points. So I'll say that's a hit for Gabe. Uh, good. So our fool's gold basically are players that you might be considering starting, and we're telling you not to. So Justin, you chose Jalen Hurts, and I'll, and I'll let you decide on this one. I I'm a little bit more generous. I might name it a push, but we had an ugly quarterback week last week. He still had 19 fantasy points. How are you feeling about that pick? Yeah, I mean, again, same thing. What's funny is he finished above Tannehill, but they both did similar. Uh, he was – I don't know what his projection was, but it wasn't – I think it was like 25. Yeah, so he, I'm not, he, I'm not, yeah, I can't call it a hit. I'll, I'll stay with a push, but, yeah, quarterbacks were just lousy. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean – you kind of got it right because nobody was thrilled that they started him, right? You know, so it's mediocre, nothing kind of got it right. About. But that was a lot of people, except Mahomes, like you said. So I, I have Mahomes in. Um, I, I play in two Superflex Dynasty leagues. Uh, the one that you're not in, I have Mahomes, and I was so upset, like, because I my other quarterbacks were sucking, and I was like, I'm screwed. And Mahomes goes off for 55 in that league. I'm just like, Wins yes, three. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm also five and five in that one, which is interesting. Who isn't five and five? I know, right? Everybody is six and four, five and five. Uh, all righty. Well, let's get into our fools gold choices for this week, and I'll go let you, I'll let you go ahead and start, Justin. Uh, yeah, my fools gold is probably a player everyone now wants to start after benching, and that's Antonio Gibson against the Panthers. Although the Panthers haven't been doing too hot, their defense is really good and really good against the running back position. Uh, I I would chalk that two touchdown. Mind you, he didn't even have a great game. And I know it's hard to say because he did get him, but minus the two touchdowns, he only ran for 64 yards, uh, 24 carries. It wasn't like anything was – he didn't bust for 150. It, he's just not running well. He literally has not ran for over 70 yards since week one. And that was 90. I don't like him. I think that's why we spoke about selling him. Don't depend on him to win anything. I legit rather start Michael Carter over him with confidence. That's how I feel about him. Wow. I never thought I'd hear you say that. But yeah, I agree with you, man. It's like, as a fantasy manager, you're happy. Like, get you got 20 points from Antonio Gibson. You just get me the points. But you take away those two touchdowns, but it becomes eight points. And then you're just like, that's... Uh, that's back to being disappointing again. So the only difference is that Ron Rivera decided to use him, you know, to score a couple touchdowns is all. And I'm pretty sure both were short, like in the red zone, pretty short touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to go back and look at that. But yeah, I I definitely, I mean, sometimes you have to start him, right? Like it in most cases, but you might have better options uh, if, if you just take a look at your league or your rot, your bench or your waiver wire, whatever the case may be. Um, let's take one more viewer question real quick. Uh, so they don't have to wait too long. So Ronnie Daniel asks bills, defense versus Colts or cards, defense versus Seahawks. Now we don't talk defenses a lot on this show. 
How are you feeling about that one, Justin? I don't I don't like any of them. I think there there's better streaming options this week, but you know, every league is different, so I'd have to see who he likes, but uh, or who's on the wire, but I don't like any of those. If gun to my head, I had to do it, I go Cardinals. I'm not starting a defense even if it's the Bills against the Colts right now. JT's going crazy. Wentz is playing well. I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I was going to say Bills easy, but I forgot about the man, JT. He can kind of tear apart any defense. I think um, he's running back one right now. Yeah. So I would actually go with the cards against the Seahawks, especially because we don't know what's up. Like, we do know what's up with Russell Wilson, but is he going to get back on track this week? That is a perfect segue into my fool's gold for this week. And this one could definitely come back to bite me, but I'm going with Russell Wilson. And I'm look, you're not dropping him. Even in one quarterback league, like I, I have him in one league, I'm holding on to him. I have Derek Carr, but I'm starting Derek Carr over him this week against Cincinnati. It's not that I don't believe in Russell Wilson. I, you know, I, I said for a long time that Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in the NFL um, before Mahomes kind of, you know, took that crown. But so I, I, I believe in him. But I just think if I'm a Russell Wilson manager, do I feel comfortable starting him after that disaster last week? Now, look, he has like a metal pin in his finger, and it's known that when you play in the cold, the metal, uh, you know, kind of stiffens up your hand or whatever whatever body part it's in. And so he was playing in Green Bay, and it just wasn't a good scenario for his healing finger which is still not a hundred percent he's gonna be in i believe they're in arizona or are they in seattle i'm i'm not sure um no they're playing in there's no they're playing in seattle okay so not as cold weather but it, it could be cold there obviously not as cold as green bay but i mean he's back home and he has another week of healing but i don't know if a week is enough to get him back right on track so it's not that i'm completely against russell wilson it's just I think, like for myself, for example, I'm starting Derek Carr over him. I think you, if you're one of those people who have two quarterbacks on your roster, that second quarterback might be worth starting this week. Take a look at the matchups, determine that for yourselves. But also, if you only have Russell Wilson, see if there's a juicy matchup on the waiver wire, and maybe you can start another quarterback over him. I hate to doubt Russell Wilson, Justin, but what do you think about my pick this week? Quarterback is weird. We've yeah. lost a lot. You have Wilson. What did you segue to? Did you get a Wentz? Did you get a Cousins? I'd rather start both of them than Russell Wilson until I see otherwise. I, I'd agree. I, I don't like it. Yeah. I just and have it, to see it again, basically. So the problem is they lost. They they lost. They got blanked. They play Arizona. Arizona is a scoring team, meaning he's going to have to throw a lot. But they had to throw to win last week. They didn't do anything. Yeah. But maybe a week under the belt. It's not like he's new to the game. He's a savvy vet, so I'll I'll, I'll air with you. I'll, I'll stay away from that. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely. I just think with quarterback, you can always find another option, right? It's not like running back where like, oh, what am I going to do? Pick a random running back off the waiver wire and start him over Antonio Gibson. You just have to start Antonio Gibson because he gets the touches. Quarterback, you can find an alternative option. So definitely, I think you definitely could. I think Ronnie was asking again. Packers defense. Uh, who are they playing? Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, better. who better to ask than, than yeah, the Vikings I told him, fan? I told him the Vikings, we don't win. We score, though. So it's like not a 
team you want to start a defense against. It's Cousins throws. We get some running touchdowns here and there. Uh, no, I, I don't like it. I, I kind of rather go Cardinals if I had to choose from those three. Awesome, awesome. Justin, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up for this week's podcast, or are you good to go, man? No, I'm just hoping for a healthy, successful week. No one gets hurt. Uh, thank you, Debo Samuels. I know you're happy about that. Absolutely, and, yeah. And, hey, uh, he actually won me a matchup. So story time real quick. Our buddy Gio, uh, he's in the comments. He's We actually hang out with him in real life too. Um, he was over that night for the 49ers game, yeah. and we were playing each other in beers for first place yeah. and in our pick six league, our six-keeper league for first place. Mm-hmm. Both matchups, we were both tied for first and second. And uh, I, I was winning the, the beers one by too much, so he didn't have a chance. But I was down in the six-keeper league, and I had Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And that lap, that huge play that Debo had, uh, I think it was in the third quarter or something, third or fourth quarter, put me yeah. over the top. And it was just so much fun sitting right there with him, like the having Debo. Like, what? The one he broke through for a touchdown? It wasn't the rushing touchdown. It was uh, It was the second one. It was, oh, it was like the, a, the 35 yarder or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was that one. And that play literally helped me beat Gio. So sorry, yeah. Gio, if you're still watching. Debo's so been a money though. man this year, dude. I love him. I yeah. just want to just want to go on record. The wide receiver guru, one of my leaks. I think I got four in the top 10. Thank you. That's, Thank you, Debo. You Thank you, Chase. You Thank Proving you, you right. <laughs> I love these guys, man. I love Chase. I'm happy he's back. That bye week really was hard to deal with. Yeah, must be nice, must be nice. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the First Round Fantasy Podcast. Thank you for everybody checking us out and joining us in the chat. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you to our other new viewers. We do this every week, every Wednesday, so come join us again. We'll answer all your start sit questions and any other questions you have for us. We, we truly, truly do appreciate it. I'm Jacob Bartley. That is Justin Morsauce, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.